you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what, where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The Bible says that in the beginning, God created man, male and female, made in the image of God. Human beings are unique, a creation of God. Well, with that, I welcome you to this edition of Airing the Addisons. Alex McFarland here. So glad that you're listening to the program and that you're with us on the American Family Radio Network. It's a great honor to have you listening. We've got a great show. We're going to have a guest in just a moment. We're going to talk about healthcare and really healthcare and humanity from a biblical perspective. And I want to say what a privilege it is. Will and Mickey Addison, as you probably know, are very close friends of mine. You know, I was I was blessed this summer as summer kind of fleets away already. I kind of I get up early in the morning and I feel that the temperatures changed and oh as much as I love summer, summer's not going to be around forever. But I spent a week of my summer with Will and Mickey. They came and spoke at our Biblical Worldview Camp. And by the way, folks, we're already working on next summer. This summer, we were in eastern North Carolina, and we had 70 teenagers from 11 or 12 states, and we had about 15 college students and, I don't know, a dozen or two adults. It was amazing. You know how much I love and appreciate Will and Mickey Addison, and we had 26 kids pray to accept Christ. And, oh my goodness, we were uh, wrapping up our week of camp with the Addisons and all their children. It was just such a blessing. And I looked at Will and Miki. I said, you know what I'm going to ask you? And Miki laughed. She said, Brother Alex, we'll do it next year too. We promise. And I said, you know, I'm, all I'm going to ask is, can you do this again next summer? So what a joy to be sitting in on the show, airing the Addisons for these people who I love and respect so much. Uh, you know, folks, um, before I bring up our first guest, one of the key cornerstones of the biblical worldview, a Christian perspective of looking at life, is that life, human life, is sacred in all contexts. Now, our nation has had a, a raging debate for five decades about abortion. And the, the real question is not so much about uh, what we hear a woman's right to choose, but really the question is this, should there be legal protection for the unborn? Now, uh, our Constitution says because we're made in the image of God that we have these rights, these, these rights that can't legitimately be taken away. And the first most fundamental is the right to life. But now when you've got worldviews at play in the culture that don't recognize God, uh, you've got people that decide how much life is valuable or not, uh, when life is to be protected and when life is not. Now, what we all need is not countless arguments and opinions. We need an objective standard that really is above and beyond and more permanent than any of us. Because here's the thing, as Benjamin Franklin said, Benjamin Franklin, one of our founders, said, if we don't have the Ten Commandments, we're going to digress into, quote, 
dozens of squabbling factions, little arguing groups. That's kind of what we are right now. And nowhere more do we urgently need a return to objective truth than in the realm of healthcare, because healthcare sooner or later will impinge upon all of our lives. Well, I want to bring up um, a, a guest, Scott uh, Shara, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And we're going to talk about medicine. We're going to talk about uh, COVID. We're going to talk about the biblical perspective of the sanctity of human life. But first and primarily, Scott, I've got to ask you, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? Is it Shara? Yeah, you've got it, Alex. Thank you. S-C-H-A-R-A. Uh, just curious, what, what's the origin of that name, Scott? What's, what's the derivation of your last name? Well, it's primarily German, but then you combine a whole bunch of other things, and I'm I'm an American mutt. Aha, well, yeah, uh, that's a lot of us, I'll say that. But um, glad you said American, because uh, we we love our country. Uh, and Scott, uh, you, you've been speaking out about not only um, just biblical morals in general, but specifically you've got a personal story of how the healthcare industry and the politicization of that, making politics influence how patient care goes. I mean, you know something about this firsthand, don't you? They sure do. They, uh, I have come to believe that they murdered my daughter, Grace, who had Down syndrome in, in the hospital last October. Mm. I mean, that that's, um, that's a strong word. I mean, uh, not just uh, a medical accident, but murder. Uh, would you tell us this, Scott? It is a strong word, and it took me almost 500 hours of personal research to come to that conclusion. And there's three reasons I say say murder now, because there's three causes of death. Uh, so first, Grace had Down syndrome, which ultimately I believe is why they took her out. We can cover that after afterward if you think we have enough time. But then oh, yeah. the three things is they, they put her on a sedation drug called Presidex. Mm -hmm. So if those of you who are not familiar, every drug that the hospital uses or the doctor uses has what's called a package insert, and those are the rules of engagement. The, the poop this sheet, they call it. Correct. So these are the rules they're supposed to follow. In the, in the sedation drug of Presidex, they're only supposed to use it for a maximum of 24 hours, and a use beyond that causes specifically acute respiratory distress. And the first cause of death listed on Grace's death certificate is acute respiratory distress. Uh, the second cause of death was, of course, COVID-19 pneumonia. Both of those, they got bonuses for listing those as the causes of death. In Grace's case, they had her on Presidex sedated for four full days before her last day. So you'd think, what is the reason they did this? And it's, it's hard to stomach, but the reason they do this is because their goal is to get a patient or their advocate to agree to put the patient on a ventilator. A ventilator is a huge payday to the tune of $300,000 for the hospital. So, so, some so uh, are you saying intubated, like um, correct. becoming right. respirator dependent? And in order to, to, to become respirator dependent, the patient has to be sedated. So they immediately want to get the patient sedated. So if they can convince the family or the patient to be put on, on a respirator, they can do it instantly. Second of all, 
the the room that the patient in gets classified as ICU. So in Grace's case, the care never changed and she never changed rooms, but the amount of money the hospital received changed. And then third, the patient, in order to remove them, you have to sign off on a concept called against medical advice, which means if I would have wanted to take Grace out at any point in time, which, of course, if I would have known then what I know now, I would gladly have taken her out. But it's you, you're required to take personal responsibility for the patient, including all their medical bills. Right. So they essentially have you handcuffed. So that's the first cause of death. The second cause of death is, in addition to this Presidex, uh, in a 29-minute window, they also gave Grace two doses of lorazepam and a dose of morphine as an IV push. That combination in 29 minutes would have taken anybody out. And in order for that to happen, not only did the doctor have to order the meds, the pharmacist had to sign off. The alarm had to be overridden because the package insert for morphine so as to not combine those meds because they're contraindicated. And last but not least, in the case of Grace, a 14-year experienced ICU nurse had to deliver the meds. Mm. And then the third and most egregious cause of death was the doctor put an illegal do not resuscitate order on Grace without our permission. So when it came time, when Grace was was knocked out by their med combination, we hollered to the nurses, save our daughter, and they hollered back, she's DNR. And we hollered, she's not DNR, save our daughter. Because They refused to come in the room and save her. With, so with, that combination of those three things is why I'm calling it murder. Well, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. So, so Grace was 19 years old, but shed downs. So yes. you and or your wife would definitely have been medical power of attorney, correct? Yes, my wife was in this case. Yeah, so so Grace would never have signed a DNR document on her own behalf, would she? That's correct. And even if she would have, the fa- the state statute requires that if the patient or their advocate says to override the DNR, which we did, that null and void any DNR, even if Grace put it on herself. Well, um, l- let me just say this. For those just tuning in, we're talking to Scott Shara, uh, founder of Our Amazing Grace's Light Shines On. I, I love that double play on words. Uh, God's <laughs> oh, amazing grace, you. but you're amazing grace. So so let me ask you this. Let me just ask you this. And I, and I want to hear more of your story because, listen, I know uh, being married to a, a a nurse for 30 years, I've heard some stories about the medical industry, good and bad. But what what do you say, Scott, if somebody says, okay, you're a grieving father, um, your your heart is broken, your your daughter died, and you're uh you're just trying to come to grips with the fact that your daughter passed and you're you're finding um malfeasance where there wasn't any. What I'm sure you've probably had the naysayers throw that at you, haven't you? I have, and the and it's one of the reasons that we put together the website because there's a believability factor to this story for anybody who hasn't done any research. And so, about seventy percent of the research is posted on the tra- under the tragedy tab. It's all documented. Everything I said is taken exactly out of the records, and you can't make it up. Right. So the grieving dad piece, I mean, you don't know me and neither does anybody listening. And I I understand that argument and I don't mind it. That's why uh, if somebody asked, I would refer them to the website and just invest a little time. Anybody that sees the evidence that I have laid out 
taken straight from the records cannot come to another conclusion. Right. Um, so I, I would think, among other things, and, and I agree with you, I mean, I have heard horror stories of people that, um, you know, hospitals that uh, in the wee hours of the night, that in, in nursing, they'll say, give somebody a push, meaning enough of a dose of a sedative or whatever that they're breathing becomes very shallow and they die. I mean, in, in medical parlance behind closed doors, to, quote, give somebody a push means to help help them usher on into death, which obviously that's not really in any of our um, hands to have the authority to do that. But let me let me ask this. What has been the response to the when you and your wife were surprised to find that there was a do not resuscitate order? I mean, how does the hospital explain that? That's a fantastic question. You know, essentially, it's been crickets, but their official explanation, which they sent us in a de- uh, letter dated December 15th, is they said, well, the doctor had a discussion with you that said that you, uh, you know, if Grace needed CPR multiple times in a row, that you wouldn't want to do that. And so that's why we put the DNR order on. Well, that's really foolishness beyond foolishness, because that discussion happened the morning of Grace's last day. Immediately after he said to us, Grace had such a good day yesterday, we should work on nutrition. And so he suggested a feeding tube. Well, you don't, you don't suggest a feeding tube if you're talking about CPR. So he had gone through this hypothetical situation with us and drilled down, you know, if Grace has to get resuscitated multiple times, what would you want to do? And, you know, we didn't talk about DNR at all. We just said, of course, you're not going to keep resuscitating somebody if they're already dead. Mm-hmm. But that that was in the context of the doctor, like doing his due diligence as a doctor is what we thought was happening. But that's the, the, the excuse that they use. But that excuse, of course, violates state statute. Mm. Well, we've got to take a brief break. We're talking with Scott Shara. And uh, folks, if you want to enter into the conversation, it's 888 Alex McFarland sitting in for Will and Mickey Addison. We really do have a great show today and uh, a lot we're going to go over. But um, in the medical world, and listen, I know a lot of nurses and doctors that are Christians that love the Lord and they really view medicine as a ministry. But we're living in a time when politics has inserted itself into our health care. It's worth talking about. Scott Shara and the American Family Radio Network and more on airing the Addisons is back after this. Don't go away. It gives an impetus to share your faith when you think you've got answers to objections that you expect people to bring up. The American Family Studios video series, Intro to God's Revelation, featuring Dr. Richard Howe, shows how God has revealed Himself in nature and His Word, and how we can rightly understand what God has said. These truths are just a part and parcel of the Christian life. It isn't just for the professional clergy. Learn the fundamentals of how to approach and understand the Bible in an age of skepticism. This six-week video curriculum is perfect for your Sunday school class or study group, and it can prepare you to give a defense of God's Word and how He speaks to us in nature. Knowing whether and how 
God communicates is a safeguard against false claims about God communicating. Intro to God's Revelation, DVDs and workbook are available for purchase at afastore.net or call 877-927-4917. Introducing AFA Streaming, a new online platform that hosts all AFA-produced video content including documentaries, church curriculum, American Family Radio shows, and our Cultural Institute series. The Constitution only works in the atmosphere of Christianity. Critical race theory and intersectionality are new religious frameworks. The Christian must say, as Paul said to the Galatians, there is no new gospel. AFA Streaming is a vital step that we are taking to fulfill our vision to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. You'll find top-notch resources that address the issues of our day related to marriage, family, the sanctity of life, and many others. Start streaming today, streaming.afa.net. Dr. Ligon Duncan from the American Family Studios documentary, The God Who Speaks. You don't even have to go to passages like John 17, 17 and, and Matthew 5, 17 to 19 and the John passage where Jesus says the scripture cannot be broken. You don't have to go to any of those passages to see Jesus' authority of scripture. You just have to look at how he talks about scripture and how he uses scripture in polemics against the Pharisees. And of course it comes out in his engagement with Satan in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4. Satan makes a suggestion and how does he answer? Jesus answers with, it is written. It is written. It is written. And he quotes Moses to Satan three times. So you really see Jesus' authority, uh, his, his view of the authority of the Bible in those polemics. Visit thegodwhospeaks.org. Welcome back to Airing the Addisons, Alex McFarland. So honored to be sitting in for my friends and colleagues, Will and Mickey Addison, and talking with Scott Shara on the passing of his beautiful daughter that, uh, Scott, uh, if I'm hearing your story, I and listen, I've got a story of my own regarding my father, but uh, Grace's passing, when it happened, as it happened, didn't have to be that way, did it? No, it didn't have to be that way at all. And, you know, you've made reference to the political bias relative to it and what's been going on. And this is what I'm awake to now and why I'm, I keep sharing the story is the political bias is in the form of a concept called collectivism mm -hmm. versus individualism. And you mentioned early in your introduction about protecting life and only God can protect life. And they've convinced us of this new uh, humanism principle called collectivism. And I'm going to apply it so people understand what I'm talking about. And so I'll apply it to Grace's death. So Grace had Down syndrome. 
And what we, a lady by the name of Hannah Arendt, who studied the Adolf Eichmann trial in 1961, coined the phrase banality of evil. Mm -hmm. So as that applies to the disabled, the disabled are aborted or murdered in the United States at a relatively high rate. In the case of Down syndrome, they're murdered at the rate of 67% already. And so when, when a young couple gets pregnant, the doctor announces they're pregnant, congratulations, and then says, I'd like to schedule your amniocentesis. And so they're none the wiser. They schedule it. And then if that comes back with any type of disability, the doctor recommends an abortion. And so they have no guilt because, you know, they're just following the white coat's recommendation. So now this has become the standard of care and it's all over the world. Some countries have eliminated Down syndrome. And so this is the standard of care that's now accepted. So that's the banality of evil. Banality means common. So evil, that's evil. And it's so common and it's become accepted. So now think about those same young people taking care of Grace in the hospital. They already have a bias that, well, we would have never had her. We're doing the parents, maybe even they think we're doing the parents a favor. Then on top of that, they have the employer telling them, if you don't follow this protocol, your paycheck's going away. The employer gets a bonus by following the protocol. Uh, There's a shroud of secrecy in most cases because 99.9% of the cases, there's nobody in the hospital. We were fortunate to be there with Grace. Um, And then there's immunity from liability. So well, they yeah. actually have immunity in the in this case for for doing to, to kill somebody. And, and and let me say this, folks: uh, if you are in the hospital or a loved one is, read the invoices getting sent to your to your uh, insurance provider, or if you self pay and then you file. Because let me say, a lot of these times when a patient is given a push or um, a set of um, dominoes are set in motion like uh into being intubated on a ventilator these things oftentimes like you say happen under a shroud of secrecy when people aren't there to intervene and then read those invoices uh and i I won't bore you with the details but very often hospitals bill and get paid for things that were never administered um i want to scott i do want to give time to take a call we've got a caller in indiana is this a ki in indiana are you there? Kimberly. Who? Yes, Kimberly. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, hi. I don't know how long ago it was, uh, maybe months, maybe a year, on Jan Markell's show, which is on, on the weekends. She had a guest on there. I can almost remember the lady's name, a lawyer whose mother died under similar similar circumstances to Grace, and she also had a father whose, I, I believe the, the daughter was also Down syndrome, and she died under very similar circumstances. Mm. And I believe Twyla Brace was already also on yeah. there um, talking about the law that allowed the, the hospitals to get so much more money and all that from intubating and all that. Mm-hmm. And, um, in fact, the father of the Down syndrome girl, they had taken him away from being her advocate and allowed her sister to come in. And also, similar, similarly, she had had a very good day, and they were thinking it was, you know, they were thinking about sending her home kind of thing, and she died shortly after that. Then 
being intubated. And so I think people like Mr. Shara need to um, get together with all the people that that happened to, that, you know, there's some legal something going on. Kimberly, you make some great points. Investigate that. Uh, Scott, on on your website, which is ouramazinggrace.net, ouramazinggrace.net, but there's a tab, what can be done, and you talk about an agenda and what can we do um, genocide in the U.S., question mark. I mean, um, speak to this, especially in light of, you know, Kimberly concurs with what you're saying, but speak to this. What What's going on, Scott? Well, I have to say with Kimberly first, this is, I got goosebumps listening to her because that Jan Markell show, she was actually, she played the Newsmax clip. That was me on the Jan Markell show. Oh, wow. I wasn't wow. literally on the show at that time, but she played the first re- or first TV interview I had in full, which was on Newsmax. And, and wow. the, the attorney that she's talking about, I spoke with her at an event in Minnesota in May, and uh, I'm going to be on Jan's show uh, later on in September. So, I mean, that just sends chills up my spine when she is talking about that. So wow. she had quite a good memory. In fact, that's the show that motivated my wife and I to jump in with both feet and, and, uh, and be all in on this campaign. So, and your um, question on genocide. So what, what first got me into this was the fact that they strapped Grace down to the bed and made her go to the bathroom in the bed on the last day. Mm-hmm. And one of the attorneys who, who reviewed that said, Scott, would they have made you do that? I said, absolutely not. I would have made the nurses help me out of bed and take me to the bathroom. But instead, they strapped Grace down. So God has got me up at 3 o'clock in the morning twice during this campaign, and one was after that attorney said that. So I went through all the doctor's records, uh, which there were 22 doctor's reports for the seven days Grace was in the hospital, and I looked for the word Down syndrome in those reports, and they referenced that Grace had Down syndrome 36 different times. Mm. Well, that doesn't. there's no reason for that. Well, then so you, so you, definitely, you, you definitely think her... Uh, reality as a Downs person influenced the care she got or the lack thereof. Their their course of treatment was shaped by the fact that she had Downs, right? Right, and this is different than what I laid out with the cause of death because that's lifted right out of the record. So what I am connecting the dots here, of course, is my own opinion, uh, and so it's speculative. But you know, I've connected enough dots here that I am convinced because there's a much broader agenda and we started researching the Holocaust in June and saw the comparison with the T4 program where they took out the disabled and mentally ill first and then studying Hannah Arendt. And you start connecting these dots as to what's going on. And, you know, ultimately, I'm convinced that there's a worldwide genocide going on and it's under the sustainability agenda mm-hmm. that the elites that are behind Agenda 2030 have instituted. And and let, let me just chime in here, too. Um, you know, COVID, every now and then people talk about um, the Great Reset. You know, I, I mean, you think about this, Scott. Um, and again, I, I'm not prone to believing conspiracies, but I know the biggest obstacle to turning America socialist, progressive, liberal, woke, the biggest obstacle has been a 120 million strong voter bloc called evangelical Christians. And a lot of evangelical Christians are older, um, but 
uh, the voting block that is the most consistent, most dependable voting block have been Christians. Now, here's my point, and I want you to give your comment. Um, many, many, many of the millions of people that died from COVID uh, in 2020, um, for, and really, actually, we begin to see the, the momentum of this in er, late, late, late 2019, but we know throughout 2020 and into 21, people were dying left and right. In fact, um, I'm not even pastoring right now, and I think over the last two years, I've probably done 20, 25 or 26 funerals. Many of these deaths were listed as COVID. So here's my question, Scott Shara. When, to your point on your website, what's going on? Has there been an effort to take out um, a big part of the aged population and others that are, I mean, we people that love God and country, we are what's standing in the way of the woke agenda. Has there been, a, let's just say, a genocidal attempt to take out a big part of us who are not the futurist, progressive, globalist, woke, revised history people? The number one and number two causes of death for anybody who entered uh, United States Hospital with COVID were elderly and disabled. Those are facts, not comorbidities. And in Grace's case, not only did they label her with Down syndrome 36 different times, they said that she was unvaccinated, Christian, and we were following the frontline doctor's misinformation campaign. So, yes, there's a there's a huge bias. I told one oh, of the elders. So they put in her chart that she was a Christian. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, could yeah. you imagine? There's multiple, multiple times. Wow. And and that that's just amazing. I mean, that that is, now, praise God, she was a Christian. Pray, I'm a Christian, proudly so, unapologetically so. But, I mean, can you imagine putting into somebody's chart? I mean, could you imagine saying they're a, they're a Muslim or, or they're, they're a Buddhist or they're a Hindu? That is not germane to their medical care at all, is it? That's correct. That's, that's right on. I mean, this is, this is a strange time. You know, we, we have this white coat phenomena where we just inherently trust. And it hasn't, uh, you know, we're seeing the fruit of a godless society right now. And, you know, that's one reason that we're still warning people is because you, you cannot walk into these hospitals naive anymore. And if, if one of the podcast hosts about six weeks ago said, Scott, after listening to Grace's story, it's not safe to get hit by a car anymore. And, you know, just to be pointed, Alex, if you got hit by a car today and if you you uh, were transported by ambulance to the hospital and they, they have a checklist, when you get there, they'll call your wife and then she'll say, well, he's an unvaccinated Christian. Mm. And if she says those two things, you will not walk out of that hospital alive mm. if they've been bought like Ascension Hospital System, as in the case of Grace. Yeah. Um, Scott, we are out of time, my friend, but I want to visit with you again really soon. Give your website again, and then very briefly, uh, because we're just about out of time, but what what would your call to action be? What would you like for America to know, and what would you like the response to be? So Grace's website is ouramazinggrace.net, 
And I would say the call of action more than anything is throw out, we're in the hospital lane. So I'm just going to talk about the hospital lane with that, the answer to that question. And, And when you have me back, we can talk a lot bigger picture, but in the hospital lane, you've got to throw out every single thing that you believe relative to hospitals and doctors, and then start filling your brain with the new information that you can find. We have a lot of it on Grace's website, but until your belief changes, if, if you even have a glimpse that I'm telling the truth, until your belief changes, your feet won't follow. Mm -hmm. So you've got to first change what you believe relative to what is going on in the hospitals. And, and what I'm telling you about grace and what the agenda is, is real. And that's, that's ultimately why we're still sharing the story. Well, brother, let me say this in opening people's eyes and helping people understand. And then folks, look, you, uh, when you're a patient, you are your own best advocate, uh, or those around you that you can advocate for. But when you vote, Look, the people that we put in positions of leadership that set policy, this matters. Scott, Shara, um, I've I've got to pull away, but I want to say this. Uh, Grace uh, did not die in vain because God is going to use her life, and I'm sure is using her life, to make a wonderful difference. And I I applaud your courage, and you're, you're in our prayers, my friend. Well, folks, this is the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland sitting in for Will and Miki Addison. Got a very special guest coming up in a minute, Kevin McGarry, with whom we have visited before. He is uh, an expert on cybersecurity, and uh, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about national security. But l- let me say this, folks. If you recognize my voice, it's probably from a program that comes on uh, later this afternoon called Exploring the Word. And uh, anyway, Bert Harper and I and Jim Stanley will be on Exploring the Word here in a little while. But right now, I'm going to go to Judy in Texas while we queue up Kevin McGarry. Judy in Texas, thanks for holding. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, I just was listening to the story. I love your program and just a tragic story. But I was just going to say, well, my dad, we recently died. He did not have the COVID vaccine. Dad was almost 100. And when he, but he did get the pneumonia like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And there was just a standard question about what is your faith on the form when you went into admitting, when they admitted him into a room. And they told us that it was just a, that way when a pastor came to the room or someone wanted someone to pray, that way they would know, you know, mm-hmm. if you're Muslim, they send that one. If you're Episcopal, you know, whatever. Right. So anyway, we just put Protestant dash Christian. So, you know, just throwing that out there to let them know maybe, you know. Maybe it was uh, for the hospital pastoral services. And I I, I accept that, and and I appreciate that, Judy. Seems like in the context of a patient whose health was really compromised, um, the way that Scott was explaining it sounded like that might have played into the the decision that somebody made to let Grace pass. But, um, you know, maybe... You're right there, Judy. Stay tuned, folks. We've got a brief break. We're back after this. Picture a stormy sea. The waves are rolling viciously and the sky is darker than night. The crack of thunder can be heard over the roaring wind. A tiny ship is thrown wildly up and down as it rides the waves. The crew is just about to lose hope when someone spots a sudden flash in the distance. A lighthouse. Lighthouse for the Lost, an article by Parker May. 
To read this article, visit EngageMagazine.net. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio. And visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments, and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called, and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here. Write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. Gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community. And this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same-sex attracted couple contact us and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what. And they said, please, Please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit inhisimage.movie. Where else can I go? Welcome back to Airing the Addisons. Alex McFarland sitting in for Will and Mickey Addison. Hey, by the way, on the website, AFR.net, as in American Family Radio, you can listen to this program again and all the other great programming that's archived there. And uh, I want to bring up to the mic a friend that we met several months ago. There was uh, a website that I wanted to promote, a website that I came across called Every BLM, as in Every Black Life matters, and it certainly does. And there's a new book out by uh, one of the leaders of that website, a book called Woked Up. Now, if you've been hearing the phrase about the woke movement, the conversation that we just had about healthcare plays into this. But um, just a, a very astute thinker, a very powerful communicator, Kevin McGarry, author of Woked Up, a, a resource I would recommend. But Kevin, I want to say thanks for holding, and welcome back to the American Family Radio Network. 
Mr. Alex, thank you for having me again. It's always a privilege to be here. Well, bless you, my friend. Hey, you know what? We we hear a lot of bad news, and there's you know there's all this you know we're in a battle of worldviews, and um, we're watching our government be uh, in some quarters hijacked, and our country is at risk. But I got to say this, and I want you to give us a little word of encouragement. Isn't this an exciting time to be alive? And Kevin. As a Christian and as a patriot, uh, really, this is a pretty thrilling, invigorating moment of history where we can make a difference, isn't it? Absolutely, it is. What I'd like everybody to remember is that the Lord placed us at this moment in time, just like he placed our founding fathers at that moment in time when uh, America was on its uh, pivot and axis, that have gone a number of different ways. He placed our founding fathers in charge of that, having them write the declaration in the Constitution at that time, even though some of the the tenets of it went against their uh, lifestyles, as it were. But right now, we're here, and he's placed us here, the remnant force. The force is going to be uh, here to help usher in a new, if you will, uh, reawakening, a great awakening, a third wave of great awakenings here in America. Amen. And, uh, you know, we've lost so many people over the past several years due to COVID and other things. But we're here, and we're on the front line, so it is an exciting time. It's a proof. It's proof that the Lord has special assignments for us all, and we should embrace that. Um, this is a time for fighters, and we're here, and we're here to fight. So you know, let's get it. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, well, tell me about the book. Woked up. I, I like that. I think think I probably know the premise, but uh, what is yeah, woked up, yeah. Kevin? Yeah, so let's let's talk about this a little bit. So the na- the name of the book is Woked Up. The subtitle is Finally Putting an Act to the Taproot. And if you know anything about the Taproot, it's the main artery, if you will, of of any plant or tree life. It is the primary root where every all the other roots kind of uh, are offset. You know, the kind of are offshoots off of that main root. But finally, uh, putting an act to the Taproot of white supremacy and racism. Now, here's the gem of this, and this is why your, your, your listeners should be rushing to Amazon now to buy a copy. And it's not, I'm not saying this uh, because I'm trying to self-promote here. I'm saying it because it's absolutely essential if you want to be able to, uh, you know, speak with your wokesters and your family, your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, nephews, family members, uh, community members, whatever. Uh, this book provides you all of the actual chapter and verse. Uh, private letters of individuals who were actually the taproot of white supremacy and racism. And what it does is it turns wokeism on its head. It actually fully proves that those who identify as being woke, quote unquote, today are actually the white supremacist and racist. So they they really uh, are. The, you know, speak they, to they that. really are. But what I do is, is my my thing is not ad hominem because they're calling us white supremacists and racists because we're conservative or, or we evangelicals or whatever. Uh, and so we just need to call them names. Back. No, 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 no. What I've done is I've gone to try to figure out where does all this come from? Where did it all start? And it took me all the way back to 1770, where uh, um, uh, Johann Friedrich Blumenbach. Uh, Blumenbaum actually, you know, uh, classified races way back in the 1770s. But his race, the races he classified were based on geography, purely, strictly, totally. Mm-hmm. So he had five primary continents that were populated enough. And he he basically said, OK, on this continent is Mongolians, on this one is Anglo, you know, 
uh, Anglos on this one. It's, you know, it was that kind of a thing. So there were just five basic classifications. But then what happened in the mid-1800s, we had this character named Charles Robert Darwin that came along. Yes. And if you recall, his first work was Natural Selection, uh, and, and it went on, but the sub, further subtitle was For the Preservation of favored most, most Favored Races. He was the first one now, a scientific mind, a brilliant mind, actually, to come out, and, and because he had world-renowned uh, exposure, he was the first one to literally provide scientific justification, quote-unquote, for class, the, the, the modern-day racism that we see today. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I go into how that's possible. Uh, and then I went into, in, in, his, in his book, The Descent of Man, he went on to further characterize that uh, Aryan, pure Aryan white have supreme, you know, genes and characters compared to everybody else. And therefore, uh, those pure, that, 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 those pure traits needed to be, needed to be protected. And blacks, it just so happens, are subhuman. They're still low on the evolutionary scale. So they're subhuman. They're apes, savages, and gorillas. And so that was Mr. Charles Darwin, who literally uh, provided us a modern-day white supremacy and racism. Now, did he do some other things scientifically with plants and that? Yeah, absolutely. But what he did when he started to try to create narratives for social cultural uh, race-type classifications with humans, he erred tremendously. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the bottom line is, we start with Darwin, we then traverse to Marx, we completely uncover both of their lives, and I mean, these men were demonic and atrocious. Mm-hmm. And uh, so nobody should be proud to say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Darwinian, or yeah, I'm a classic Marxist. Uh, that is not a good thing, if you understand where they come from. And what your listeners will be able to get is when they get the book, they'll be able to quantify why it's not good to, 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 to characterize yourself as a Marxist or not. It's not good for these school systems to indoctrinate our children with all of Darwin's theories. Uh, this is, this is, this is uh, just atrocious. It's create a, what the, the, the environment we have now that is highly toxic and uh, racist, mm-hmm. uh, but not, coming from the side that people would think it's literally coming from the side of the wokesters and uh and, so that's the kind of book it is it is a must read well well amen and god bless you you know talking about how darwinian evolution really does uh presume a, a type of racism um you you may have heard of the names w.e.b du bois um absolutely and maybe a colleague of his, a Methodist bishop, uh, Benjamin Tucker Tanner. Did those names ring a bell? Uh, du Bois, yes. Tanner, sounds familiar, but I don't think I've studied his work, so. Oh, well, th- this is amazing, and it was sometime around, like, the the early teens or 20s, but um, they gave a presentation before a Methodist gathering somewhere in the Midwest. Um, I was working on a book 10 years ago, The 21 Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask About God, and this was one of those blessed um, things I just came across in research. But basically, Du Bois, who, if I recall, I think was the first African-American to earn a Ph.D. in the United States. But uh, Benjamin Tucker Tanner, a Methodist Christian bishop, 
and W.E.B. Du Bois, uh, a scientist, a, a, a bona fide academic, they realized that Darwinian evolution was inherently racist because uh, they, they believed that uh, Africans were not as highly evolved as Caucasian right. Europeans. And right. so, so Tanner and Du Bois gave this impassioned speech to a group of Methodist clergy gathered in the Midwest. And they said, look, um, the seminaries and grad schools are embracing Darwinism, and this is not good because invariably it segments humans, not just ethnically, but um, you know, on an evolutionary perspective. And there are not races. I mean, their, their argumentation was brilliant. They said there are not races. Yep. There's one race, the human race. Yep. You know what was so sad? And literally I got emotional as I'm reading this. Uh, one of the moderators of the gathering said, uh, this is interesting. Um, this is, this is uh, thought-provoking, but come on, these two men are African. So um, yep. I mean, yep. they completely dismissed it because the yep. message was delivered by two black scholars. Yeah, see? And, see, and that, the, the hubris, that, the arrogance yeah. of that. Absolutely. And that same kind of thinking is why Darwin and Karl Marx, by the way, who was a grotesque racist and demon. If there was ever a demon in the flesh, read Karl Marx, oh, read about his life in this book. It is absolutely. unbelievable, Yes, this guy. And uh, so anyway, so I, I, I basically undress uh, Darwin and Karl Marx to a tremendous degree. I connect them both to the woke movement. Uh, and at the end of the day, you would be hard pressed to, uh, to to characterize yourself as woke. Now, if you do continue to say, "Yeah, well, I'm still a wokester," then you own it. You own the label of. You may as well say after you after you say that. Well, I read your book, but yeah, I'm still a a, a wokester. Okay, well, and I'm also a white supremacist and racist. You just, just own it. Just and then that's fine. Then we'll say, okay, okay, well, that's what, that's what you want to be. But don't don't uh, don't project on us. I mean, you know, this is all you, right? So, so um, yeah. Right, uh, right. Let me ask you this: How lay out for people because so many politicians, aspiring, you know, elected officials are woke in what one way or another. Uh, Kevin, how is wokeness a threat to our freedoms and to our future? Well, first of all, it is supremacist, it is racist, and uh, it is basically, if you read Marx and you understand what he was attempting to unleash during his lifetime, he didn't see it come to fruition, but it's coming to fruition today. All of these wokesters are what Marx dreamed of as Marxist revolutionaries. And so their job is to go out and literally turn upside down all existing hegemonic traditions. So when we see uh, people that are going after, uh, you know, what, what, what is a woman? What is uh, children? Are they, you know, uh, how come children, children should be, a, uh, you know, acknowledging 140 different genders and, and be, you know, be indoctrinated in that? Uh, what is church? What is the First Amendment? Uh, what is the Second Amendment? Mm -hmm. uh, what is the right against, uh, you know, illegal search and seizure? I mean, we've seen that over the past few weeks. Oh, yeah. These things are all being turned upside down. Right. And these people who are turning these institutions up and down and saying, oh, we're just following. We're just trying to have the best, uh, you know, democratic uh, governance we can have. None of these things are democratic, uh, democratic. All right. of them are Marxist. All of them are abusive and uh, and demonic. 
Yeah. <laughs> and so, so wokeism is a demonic plot to unmoor us from our traditions, our heritage, and certainly our Christian uh, traditions and heritage. And uh, it should be rejected uh, based on that because it does not sure. unify; it only divides and only destroys. Now, uh, did I did I read one of your posts correctly that UCLA is creating a database to track those who oppose critical race theory? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it, uh, you know, we have a number of posts, a number of uh, uh, a number of our uh, social media, and, and, and yeah, we did post something like that last week. I did, I'm not that familiar with that story, however. Uh, that was probably one someone else on our team. Uh, who did that. But yes, yes, we have all of these. And then you just had somebody on in the medical profession. So here's the thing. Uh, so medicine now is, is woke. And so they're going to try to uh, disseminate, um, you know, medicine or medical practice based on who best comports to, uh, you know, a, a disaffected uh, minority or ethnic group before they consider uh, you know, yeah. real medicine for just every patient who may come in and have a need. Yeah, who, who gets uh, health care and who gets who gets yeah. death care? I mean, really? Yeah, everything is being turned upside down now, and it's all being turned upside down based on race. While they say uh, if you do anything based on race, it's racist, and and so it's like, wait a minute, are we going crazy here? Or has the world gone crazy? And I'm giving everybody some comfort. No, you're not going crazy. And yes, the world is going crazy to agree because they are embracing uh, revolutionary Marxism. Mm -hmm. And this is the fight uh, that the Lord is calling us to for this time, for such a time as this. And we all need to stand against it. Get the book, Woked Up. It's in Amazon. Just type in Woked Up and McGarry and you, you'll, you'll get it. Kevin, I'm so thankful God has raised you up at this time. And also my longtime friend and yours, Neil Mommen. But um, give us a website. We've only got a few seconds. Where can people find you online? You can go to our website, everyblm.com. You can go to my YouTube page, uh, Y'all Woked Up huh. University. Y'all Woked Up University. I'm, give, I'm I'm putting out some truth. I'm I'm the teach right there, and I'm I'm breaking you off. Y'all Woked day. Up. And, and you're, Y'all you're Woked the Up, baby. Kevin McGarry, right. you're a blessing. Folks, this has been Airing the Addisons with Alex McFarland sitting in for Will and Mickey Addison. I'll be back on Exploring the Word here in just a a few minutes, actually, about 10 minutes from now. My own website, alexmcfarland.com. Tell somebody about the American Family Radio Network. Most of all, tell somebody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.